The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. GDIY has partnered with the Bird Dog Society to do monthly bonus check-ins to discuss and announce any news and events that may be of interest for any and all bird dog owners and trainers. There are a lot of factors that impact us as we try to train, hunt, and just live with our dogs. So it is important to recognize the resources we utilize are maintained, improved, and people actually know about them. Please check out the links in the show notes that can direct you where to get involved and show your support. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Bird Dog Society update. Joining me this time is Terry Ann. Terry Ann, how you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Uh, living the dream as always. So uh, it, you're you're up in Maine right now just preparing for the Invitational, is that right? Yep. Yeah. I've been up here since last Wednesday, I guess. So I've been up here for about a week um, and I'm going home in a couple of days, but I had some friends that invited me to come up and I was able to connect with uh, two chapters up here, the Sebastian Cook chapter and the Yankee chapter and um, been doing some training. So two two prestigious navda chapters if i might say yes. so yes <laughs> that, that's kind of the biggest benefit of navda you know you, you're preparing for this test and then you have people such as you know those two chapters inviting you up to come training to prepare for the same test that they are that's that's kind of the the best side of the navda world in my opinion oh yeah i mean when we so last week we trained i trained with sebastian cook members and I think we had 11 dogs that were part of their training for the Invitational, and there were eight handlers, and we had people from seven different states. So it wasn't just me that was from out of state. We had people from Pennsylvania, um, Virginia, New Hampshire. So that was pretty cool. I mean, it's it's just awesome. You can go and, you know, I mean, I, I met some of the, I knew some of these people already, but it's just awesome. You can just drive wherever and, and connect with people. And it's like, oh, yeah, here, come on and train with us. <laughs> All right. That's the NAVDA <laughs> network. Yeah, I can't tell you how many couches yeah. I've slept on or, or just linked up to go hunting or, or whatever. That is the biggest perk in NAVDA where, you know, shared shared goals. It doesn't really matter what kind of dogs you run or even what brings you to it. It's just everybody kind of has that shared passion or, uh, I, I don't know, pleasure to just try and create the best dogs that they can. Yep, for sure. So where are we at on the invitational training? You're starting to feel pretty good. I know uh, Zara had kind of a health hiccup here recently, so I wanted to kind of get an update on that. But how's the training overall looking? Overall, I think we're in a good spot. The good thing was, so she got injured about, you know, I guess maybe about five weeks ago now, and they thought it was a partial uh, CCL tear, which is a, a knee ligament. 
And that was, you know, that's, if that's what it was, that was a pretty serious injury. So I was like pretty concerned. Um, and I had her basically on leash rest for about a month. So I'm sure she loved that. (laughs) Oh, it was not fun for anybody. (laughs) Um, but then I got a little bit, I, I went to see a specialist and got, they were able to pinpoint it to more of a, mus- a muscle issue, a, a digital flexor muscle strain. So that's something that's, you know, less serious, more able, you're more able to work through. So we've been kind of integrating back into training and um, so far so good. She's been okay. Um, the good thing is, you know, we, we went to the invitational last year, so none of this was new to her. So even when she got injured, we were in a good spot already. Like with the field work, she, she was really, you know, if we'd have run the invitational the next day, she could have passed in the field. Um, so I wasn't too worried about that. The, the main thing I've been trying to work on this summer is kind of refining some of our blind retrieve stuff because that's what we didn't pass last year. But, you know, we've been doing some of those this week. And they've been going good. So I'm fe- we still have stuff to do for sure. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to kind of refine, but overall, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. So it, I, I want to pick your brain. I want to hear the adjustments that you're doing on on the blind retrieve stuff and compared to how you, you uh, went about it last year. But first, you know, going back to the break that you had to take with her, what was she like coming out of it? Because I know the average person, they think it's the end of the world if their dog has to take a break for any amount of time and they're all worried like i gotta get my dog on birds and and i think that maybe we we over emphasize the amount of birds or training that these dogs need on a daily basis it's not like they just completely forget what they're supposed to do overnight so was there any kind of step back or did she just kind of pick back up exactly where she left off maybe a little just slower on the physical side of things yeah um i it's funny i was actually talking to a friend earlier and and she, you know, I was saying if she hadn't got injured, there was almost a risk of me overtraining this summer, you know, which is not something I want to do, but it, it, it would have been a little bit more likely just because we had, you know, we, she, we have done this before. Nothing is new to her. So not that it was a necessarily good thing that she got injured, but it was, you know, it was okay. I, I had enough time to take the break. So it was, you know, okay. Uh, once I kind of mentally got past that, but yeah, I ran her in the field last Friday for the first time in four or five weeks. And, um, well, first of all, when I let her go, I mean, I had a feeling this was going to happen, but she basically took off like she was running a tr- field trial and was on the horizon in about three seconds. <laughs> and the person I was running with, um, Andy Doak, he was like, Oh, I, I thought she was injured. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I kind of had a feeling this was going to happen. So, um, you know, she was like, freedom. See ya. <laughs> and, her field work was, I mean, it was like, there was nothing wrong with it. I mean, there was, you know, we have a little bit of, you know, like I said, finessing, but it was like she hadn't taken the break at all. Yeah. Um, there was, there was no, nothing that I felt like the, you know, the break was maybe good. It was, it, yeah. So when I've taken breaks before here and there, just, you know, a couple of weeks off, a month off at a time. Yeah. I am surprised that, yeah, they just, they do kind of pick back up. I mean, Maybe not if you have a, a real young dog or a dog that's still kind of, you know, really learning the skill, but a dog that's, you know, like she, at this point, she's pretty advanced. So it, it's it's just kind of like muscle memory. So, yeah, yeah. it was 
it was totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's often I've told some people that, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do for certain situations and dogs is take a break. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to do when you have a test looming on it, you know, such as invitational. You only have like, what, a month, month and a half left before before that to- uh, clock runs out. But, you know, sometimes if you're in the field and, and you've just been harping on one thing, especially like all summer and the dogs are just not taken to it, sometimes yeah. just taking a few weeks off. It's amazing how that just kind of recalibrates them and they get some back excited to do the work sometimes. That's not true in all cases, yeah. but it, it, it happens very often. Just like us, we need a break sometimes. But so right. t- talk to me real quick before we get into some of the updates. Uh, tell me what you've changed and how you're going about the blind retrieve this year and compare that to how you handled it last year. So I, ha- I haven't changed anything too major, I guess. You know, last year I felt like she re- it was the first time she'd learned the blind retrieve, so it was a new skill to her. Um, but I did feel like she really understood the concept of, you know, you're at the water's edge cross the water to get a duck and come back. I, I did feel like she understood that concept at the actual test last year. There was a couple things that happened, which is why we didn't pass. One was, um, the setup of the blind itself. There was kind of a cutout of where you sent from. So the send point was not a straight channel. So it was a little confusing for the dogs. Um, you know, my dog was not the only one that did this. The dogs were kind of going towards this like corner, um, that was there. The other thing was there, I heard there was live ducks around. So there was live duck scent on the water, which were probably hiding in those corners that the dogs were going to. So, you know, and that was one thing I didn't do last year was I didn't train with a live duck in the vicinity. So I haven't done yet that yet, but that is something I definitely plan to do because the blind retrieve is, a, uh, is an obedience exercise, right? You line your dog up, you give them one command and they need to take that command. The command is not go find you know, go search for a duck wherever you want to go. It's you need to go straight across ideally and get the dead duck and come back. So if I had to train with live duck scent, you know, or a live duck in the vicinity and been able to kind of handle her through that, maybe we would have passed. And then the other thing was, um, so in the blind retrieve of the invitational, you can give casting commands. So you can, once your dog is away from you in the water or across the shore, you can whistle or call at them and give them hand or verbal signals you know, if they kind of get off track. And I had worked on that some on land last year, but I never completed the transition to water just because there was just so much else going on. And it was kind of a conscious choice. I was like, okay, I'm just not going to do this. So at the invitational last year, when she, she kept going left instead of going across, I tried to give her a casting command. She didn't take it. And at that point, you know, we were done. So this year I was like, I absolutely have to proof these commands on water. Um, and I've, mentioned it before to other people, but I, the, one of the episodes you did with Bob Owens, the lone duck guy, I think it was handling 101. I forget the exact episode, but he goes, he walks through his whole process of force fetch into how he teaches casting commands on like T pattern and all that stuff. And I, I've been like following that step by step. Like I thought that was so useful. Um, the way he spelled it out. So I was really working on the T pattern and all the land stuff right before she got injured. And then we had to stop. So now um, when I get back home in a couple of days, I'm going to pick that back up and then hopefully transition to water because I really think, you know, if you want to try to pass the invitational, you need to have that skill in your back pocket because ideally you don't need it. I mean, that's an ideal world, but if you do need it, you don't have it. You're right. going to luck. Yeah. So that's that's the main thing that I was trying to have this year. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd be interested to hear how 
the rest of that program takes because I've been kind of dabbling with that with my Muncie just for you know just just for fun just try something different throughout the summer I haven't really like honed in, in it to it too much because it's you know unless you have the actual test and an actual specific goal for them you know it's just like all right every few days we go out and kind of mess around with it and have some fun but i'll be interested to hear kind of how she finishes out on that and transitions to water but you're absolutely right it's kind of like you you can send them and just kind of hope for the best but if they do start veering off and you need it then then you don't have that tool in your toolbox and then there's something to be said you know you can't lose sight of the actual purpose for training all this stuff in the first place you know when you actually go hunting there's many times to where that that tool is needed or or wanted so you know it's it goes beyond Mm -hmm. just the testing stuff as as all this should really right so well, that's cool. Yeah. You'll you'll have to keep me updated on that. But uh, let's let's get get on into what you guys have cooking on the Bird Dog Society. Uh, you know, I, I recently did the the traveling webinar with you guys a week or two ago, and uh, that was pretty interesting, especially for anybody brand new kind of coming into it, needing to know how to travel. Maybe they're getting ready for the hunting season. So if if they're interested in that, they can go to y'all's website and check that out. But what do y'all have coming down the pipe uh, in the next couple months? Yeah, well, the um, we have a couple different webinars coming up. Um, I'll talk about them first, and then I'll talk about we have a kind of an exciting event uh, early next year, actually. That's um, you know kind of be really fun for a lot of different people. So the next webinar um, is in August, and that's the Dock Diving One Hundred and One. So that's kind of you know if you want to get into the sport of dock diving, we have um, someone that's skilled in that to talk about dock diving and how to get your dog interested. You know get them interested in doing it and how to get titles and that sort of thing. Um, and then in September we have the one, um, that's how to be an ethical dog breeder. And that is with, uh, Rachel Romano Kelly, who's a you know, longtime Bishla breeder. Um, her mom was a breeder as well. So she has a lot of experience. And then, um, we have, so those are the two upcoming ones. Uh, the one in October with, uh, our other board member, Jay, He's going to talk about thicker seeds and thorns and like all the, you know, foxtails and uh, kind of trying to grass ons. Yeah. Avoid and and deal with those. Um, And then we haven't put these on our website yet, but Jim Burris is going to do um, an intro to upland hunting on December 14th at uh, our normal time of 8 PM Eastern to talk about, you know, how to start your dog into upland hunting. So that'll be great, especially for people in the South who are, you know, our seasons are just kind of starting then. And then in January of 2024, um, uh, we didn't put, put the exact date yet, but we'll have it up soon. I'm going to do kind of an intro to AKC field trials. Um, so how to get your dog into AKC field trials and what you need to expect and that sort of thing. So that's, that's what we got going on with the webinar side. And then we also have um, our uh, intro to hunting workshop that's happening in um, it's on September 30th in North Carolina. It is almost sold out. So I know we've mentioned this before, but if you're looking to attend, um, we only have five spots left. So that's going to be a great event. And all the attendees are going to get a special discount from Dakota 283 Kennels. They're going to get an easy lead from Standing Stone Supply and then some other goodies from the Flush, um, the TV program. So nice. That 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 should be a great event. So if you're interested, you should definitely sign up soon. Yeah. And then the big event that we have coming, um, which will be 
the first weekend of February in 2024, it is, we are going to host what's called a St. Hubert's Field Trial. So this is a type of bird dog competition event that originated in France. And Grayson Geyer, who's been on your podcast many times, <laughs> he hosted one of these last year and it was successful. And now we're partnering with him and the Three Rivers Land Trust, which is a nonprofit in North Carolina, to put on a St. Hubert's trial in February. And it's an event that's open to pointers and flushers. So it really fits with the Bird Dog Society's vision because, you know, we are looking at pointers and flushers and this there aren't really a lot of events or any or any events that incorporate both. Um, so it's going to be held in Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, on a private property that belongs to the Three Rivers Land Trust. It's called the Point Property. Um, it's uh, on the Yadkin River, and it's um, I haven't been there, but I've heard it's very nice. There's going to be four different fields or courses. So we're going to have two for pointers and two for flushers. And you can, um, I think we can have up to 48 dogs. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the exact number, but basically you're going to, it's going to be you and your dog. So just, um, you're not going to be running in braces or anything. And they're going to be judges and they're going to be looking for um, a variety of different things. So we're going to have two classes. One is for like hunter's class and one of the trialers class. So the hunter class is more the emphasis on the relationship between the hunter and the dog. And the trialers class is going to look more at like finished dog work. So steady to shot or retrieve to hand, that sort of thing. So you can enter whichever you think your dog is, you and your dog are. Um, eligible for or how what your level you're at and basically we'll have uh, birds planted in the field and you and your dog will go out and go on a hunt and they'll be scoring things like your sportsmanship how you kind of present your dog um, you yourself will carry a gun and shoot so you'll have the chance to shoot um, up to two birds so one to two birds so your shooting will be judged but it's not a huge portion of your score so the judges will be looking at, um, you'll get like a you know, numerical score and you can get um, kind of a pass or like a certificate if you do well. And then they're, you're all, they'll also award a um, like a, an overall kind of champion or overall winner um, for each of the classes. But they're judging, you know, your, your shooting abilities is not like the main thing that's looked at, so, right. which is great for people like me. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you did get points for like actually shooting birds, but they're also looking at, you know, how your dog is pointing, how your dog is the matters on game, that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's how it's using its nose. And then they're also going to ask you some different questions about firearm handling safety, you know, kind of basic stuff that you should know. Um, and we'll have all this information, kind of the, you know, the ins and outs of it on the registration page, which is live now. And um, it's on the Three Rivers Land Trust website. We can link to that. And um, that's how you'll register. And the registration will include um, a registration or a membership to both uh, Bird Dog Society and Three Rivers Land Trust. And Three Rivers is a great nonprofit in the area because they have what's called the sportsman access program where if you're a part of that you get access to different properties private properties they have in north carolina so you know there's areas with wild quail and there's woodcock and ducks and stuff so um it's a great opportunity to take advantage of that but the it's going to be a weekend event saturday sunday um it's just a really good time we'll 
have a, you know, kind of a dinner or a gathering on Saturday night at a local brewery. And I just think it'll be a really great opportunity to meet people um, and have a good time with our dogs. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm looking forward to it. Grayson uh, told me that that he was going to do that again this year, and and I'm going to be there. I don't know in what format I'll either be competing or helping out, or or there's been a couple ideas kind of thrown my way. But so I have no idea in which light I will be there, but I, I will be there, and uh, I'm hoping that I get a chance to just compete. It sounds like fun, and yeah, uh, what yeah. the, the way he kind of described it to me is it really kind of tests the overall relationship, the teamwork between you and the dog more so than just grading the dog or just grading the handler. It's kind of a, a mixture of both, which I think is, uh, is, is an interesting take on it. And it's like a traditional old school type of trial that, uh, that it'll just be interesting to kind of see it firsthand. So I'm looking forward to it. And I, I might even, I've talked to Grayson about possibly doing a, uh, an episode on it to kind of dive further mm -hmm. into yeah. it so there might be more yeah. details coming down the pipe on that but uh yeah i'm looking forward to it it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and something different and obviously helps you guys out as well as three rivers land trust which i know does mm -hmm. some uh, really good things over there in north carolina yeah so that's um yeah we're looking forward to that um you know the registration will um be open soon so mark your calendars um and um you know, we hope people come and participate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything else that we should touch on on this month or save something for uh, the next update? Uh, the only other thing is um, if you haven't been to our website recently, we added a store link so you can buy Bird Dog Society uh, merchandise. We have a couple of different shirts and stuff. So if you're interested in, um, you know, getting something with our logo on it, take check that out and all the proceeds benefit, benefit the Bird Dog Society. So, um, you know, feel free to check that out. And um, the way it works, we are working with a vendor where stuff is ordered in like three week increments. So like the store will be open for three weeks, then they'll process and ship everything. So if you do buy something and you're like, why is this taking so long? Just keep in mind that there's a little bit of a um, delay on the turnaround. But um, you know, you will get it soon enough. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, I'll put that link to the shop directly in the, in the show notes, uh, to highlight that. So if you're interested, click on that and, and, uh, Terry, if you don't have anything else, I, I appreciate you joining us, kind of catching us up with what you have going on in training as well as the bird dog society stuff. And sounds like you guys have a, a, a wealth of opportunity and, and, uh, just opportunity to learn different things, for, you know, every single month, which is what you guys' mission statement ultimately is. Yep, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just have to replace it again in a year. 
Go ahead and check out BeProKennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.